This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's time to talk to one of my favorite people ever. He is the reason the Atlantic Coast Conference is profitable. He is the voice of the ACC. He is West Durham, and he joins us on the Adam Gold Show. You're also the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. Don't shake your head. You, you, know, it's, you know it's all true. How about not associating me with the league in revenue right now, okay? How about let's just keep that? Oh, it's okay. Cool. Look, okay. The, the people complaining about the schedule, like, what did they think it was going to be? 17 teams, man. Mass hard. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, it's just it's it's nutty. I I I I open up Elon Musk's website, and all these sure. people are complaining about the ACC schedule. I'm like, these are the trade offs you make, yeah, for I mean, money. I, exactly. This is what you do when you expand. And uh, excuse me here because I'm getting a text about potential new quarterbacks for the Minnesota Vikings who are here in Atlanta on Sunday. <laughs> My other job is kicked in here for a minute. Could um, be Jameis Winston, no. Could be, could be a lot of people. Uh, Montez Sweat to Chicago. Yeah. The the commanders would not trade him to Atlanta, where he's from. So Atlanta signed the former NC State star Contavia Street yesterday. I know, very Got exciting. Got him in a trade. Yeah, from yeah, Philadelphia. Kind of excited about that. Yeah, looking for that. So I'm trying to see if the Vikings have, in fact, made a Jameis Winston move. And uh, and they because, said they're not trading what Hunter either, the defensive end. Yeah, Daniel Hunter. They're not going to move him. Right. Um, but I will say the interesting part about this NFL trade deadline has kind of become like that NBA free agency thing in July, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of become that weird, like, nine-hour period, except there's a rush here. It's almost like, um, well, you know, it's like when the transfer window closes in the Premier League. You and I <laughs> always end up on Premier Absolutely. League. Absolutely. So, anyway, I, I think trade deadlines are pretty interesting, and Atlanta made the one move I thought. Now I'm waiting to see if Minnesota makes a move ahead of their visit here Sunday, so I apologize. No, it's quite all right, man. We but, all have things to do. All right, let me go back to the math here on the league real quick. Adam. Sure. Look, if there are two schools that ought to be sideways a little bit here, one being Georgia Tech because they've been in the league damn near 50 years, mm-hmm. okay? So, and I obviously I worked there for 20, you 18. Did? And to me, the Georgia Tech-Clemson thing is a thing. Um, now, Georgia Tech without a permanent opponent, if you will, I get it and I understand it. The math and the geography work a little different here. Um, and we're planning this thing for seven years. We're not planning it for 30. So right. there is that. Um, and we And actually, I'm surprised we planned it for seven. I thought we would only short-term this because – that's optimistic, given <laughs> given the way certain schools yeah. feel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so with all that being said, I, I would offer you this. I, I was probably more surprised there weren't nine league games in mm-hmm. this because I thought that would have been a little bit more of a generator, maybe from dollars and cents, but there's smarter people that can answer that question for me. Um, but I don't know. It, look, Carolina, Duke, Wake, NC State all have to be relatively pleased. Yeah. With the way this all happened. Clemson, yeah, I think they're good playing Florida State. Uh, I know Cle- I've heard from some Clemson fans this morning that uh, um, wanted to play Georgia Tech. Sure. Uh, it's been a good series. It's been a yeah. long series. But nonetheless, we got Virginia Tech, Miami back in this, which I thought was important that we lost in the three five five. Right. And in all honesty, I, I give John Wildhack and this subcommittee that have Bubba Cunningham and Carla Williams and the AD at Cal on it. 
I give them credit with working with Michael Strickland that you don't go to the West Coast more than three times in the mm-hmm. first seven years. That that's a pretty good trade out. Yeah. Given given what it could have been potentially uh, in some of the models that you just draw up on airplane napkins when you fly, but maybe that's just me. Uh, look, I, again, it was always going to be hard, and hopefully right. this, hopefully they'll be dealing with the same teams in this league for the next dozen years. I mean, that yep. would be the best case, and I know Florida State and Clemson and maybe North Carolina don't want to hear it. I think the best place for them and their programs is right here, but... Right. Uh, they are. They all have dollar signs, and I get it. But uh, money. Well, I guess money can buy you happiness. Although I've never tried it, Wes. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't either. Yeah. <laughs> so willing to learn, as they say. Yeah. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, you. It's yeah. been a while since you and I have spoken. A couple of weeks ago, we were sitting here, and I'm thinking, my gosh, there's no reason why we don't get to November. And North Carolina is in the top six of the college football playoff. And had Duke just stopped Sam Hartman on fourth and 16, Duke might have been, people think I'm nuts, Duke might have been involved uh, in that conversation as well. No question. And then it all fell apart, Wes. what, What happened to North Carolina? That's really more troubling. You know, I'm not sure that I've got, and I've had, obviously, the Tar Heels Saturday night in Atlanta yeah. against Georgia Tech. Um, and shout out to all the Carolina fans that thought I was homing for Georgia Tech. Um, <laughs> really? Uh, I, um, I am uh, of the belief that Carolina's defensive punch, which has been there, okay? It's mm-hmm. not like it's not arrived this year. I think Carolina is a little worn down on that side of the ball, Adam. Yeah. Um, well, they couldn't stop Virginia when it counted, nor Georgia Tech when it counted, although well, Georgia Tech has shown some ability to play offense. They have, but North Carolina did all the right things on offense to win the game, okay? Yeah. But defensively, Cedric Gray, Power Echoes, Cayman Rucker, good bit of that secondary. Some of those guys up front played a lot more football than I think anybody wanted them to. Saturday night, their depth on that side of the ball was troubling because those guys were out there for what is it? 80 some plays that, uh, that Georgia Mm -hmm. tech ran in the game. And when Buster Faulkner found the rhythm and the tempo, the jackets offensive coordinator with Haynes King and certainly Dante Smith back in the lineup for the first time in four games, five games, you know, all of a sudden Georgia tech had some momentum. And then the one play you couldn't afford to have happen happened. The the throw to Tez Walker and the hit Ooh. by um, the hit by King yeah. and the fumble recovery by KJ Wallace was Carolina's last gasp. If Carolina goes down the field on that possession and scores, I think we have an entirely different landscape for the ending. But that didn't happen. So, you know, when the scenario played itself out that way, Carolina couldn't get the ball back because they couldn't get a stop. Right. And so at the, at the end of the day, I, you know, I hate it for I hate it for Carolina that it's gone in two snaps. Now, I will say this. They play Campbell on Saturday, and then they jump back in with Duke and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, right? Um, I will offer you this. Carolina is still in this somehow, but they need – they don't play Louisville, but they need Louisville to lose. They need as many in the two column as they can get. Right. And, and Carolina right now – you know, they had the tiebreaker on Miami. Miami's obviously in Raleigh on Saturday. 
Carolina will be pulling for state then. One of those unique, <laughs> you know, neighborhood things that happens every once in a while. Right. They get Duke. Mm-hmm. They then get um well they don't play Virginia Tech. No, this they year, they play Clemson and yeah, Virginia, yeah. Virginia Tech's adorable. I'm just going to leave Clemson, it at that. Clemson Clemson I cannot I can't figure that out either and Oh, uh, I can. Well, I yeah, I can figure it out. It's not pretty, but you can figure it out. Clemson is Clemson is a victim of its own success. The standard is so damn high. Clemson needed Louisville's schedule this year. They did. And Clemson also needed Clemson also needs the same thing they needed a year ago and didn't get, and that is they need people who can make plays in, right. the, in the secondary. There's no difference they, makers. From a receiving standpoint. Yeah. There are no difference makers on the outside. That's it. I think Will Shipley is also kind of – you say Carolina's defense is worn out. I saw Shipley take so many big hits. Yeah. Like, in a way, I don't know if Will Shipley was a legitimate or is a legitimate NFL prospect. But right. the amount of contact he has had to absorb at sure. Clemson might have com- might completely ruin his opportunity to make a living, a, I mean, a really good living playing football. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what did you make of Dabo's? We're going to play for people who haven't heard it yet. God. Dabo did a call-in show. I can't believe that coaches take calls anymore. I can't, I can't either. I can't I believe can't. it. Well, and, and I'm going to share something with you. I, I've been gone 10 years from Georgia Tech, okay? And we almost stopped taking calls in 2011. Yeah. My second to last year doing the games. And at that time, there were six schools in the ACC that weren't taking calls. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think there are – I think Dabo Sweeney, of the coaches that still have shows left. Right. <laughs> I – I'm going to tell you this. I think Dabo Sweeney. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. That's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Maybe one of three or less coaches in the ACC that take calls. It's, I just, why? I and, mean, and just, by the way, he is by far and away the, I mean, nationally in power five of, of coaches that have won 150 or more right. games. However many he's won, I mean Nick Saban takes a call. He does. I think he does. Nick Saban does, does take calls. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know anybody. I, I don't why. And and better still, and I will say this in the and I'm okay with what Dabo said. I want that out front too. Yeah. I'm okay with what Dabo said, and here's why, Adam. He deserve any coach in this business right now. With the landscape the way it is, they ought to be able to say whatever they want to say whenever they want to say it. And you know why? Because it's really hard. Oh, yeah. It's really hard, and I don't think the fan in some cases has an inkling of how difficult it is just to win the game, let alone run the program. Second part of this is there is a a theory building among coaches, Adam, 
mm-hmm. that they have to make their voice heard more now because of what some believe is a bias towards certain aspects of college football right now. Meaning uh, there's too much of a uh, lean towards the player? Or certain conferences. Oh, okay, yeah. Or certain <laughs> attitudes and approaches. Now, I've heard people say this is the Dion factor. I've heard people say there's a you can add the Dion thing into it. This is layer after layer after layer after layer of what college football has been through in the last four years, in my opinion. Wes Durham is with us here. First of all, we're going to play uh, like the greatest hits of that Dabo response to Tyler, wherever from Tyler Spartanburg. was from Spartanburg. Spartanburg. Yeah. Uh, that, that happened last night. Um, but do you remember? If he could have been from like Fair Play or 96 <laughs> or Sherraw, Greeleyville, any of my favorite little spots in the road that I've passed through going to play golf at the beach, any of those. My gosh. It was, uh, first of all, I agree with what uh, your, your point that Dabo can say that. But the only counter to that is that beefing down is always. Probably better not better better to be left alone, right? Because that's what he. I used to sure. argue all the time uh, with my former partner uh, yeah. that Philip Rivers screaming at fans mm-hmm. was just a losing proposition. Like, just just let it go. But I understand also the human emotion of it. And yeah. Dabo started off slow and then worked his way into it, uh, which I appreciate. And it reminded me of Dabo's Steve Spurrier rant from 2011. We're also going to play part of that because you remember Dabo tweet that. The tweet that from Dabo Sweeney towards Steve Spurrier was, I mean, chef's kiss beautiful. Oh, yeah. We're going to play both of those coming up in about a half hour because I'm devoting an entire segment to Dabo uh, from last night. The reason why everybody is so mad is because Dabo went into this season basically insisting that last year was last year. We're back, and everybody bought it. We're preseason number, what, eight in the country? Eight or ten, depending on your poll. Yeah, They have a better chance of missing a bowl game than winning eight games. That's it. I mean, and part of it is the schedule. And I, I mean, they lost to Duke in the opener. They have lost some games. They probably think, well, we probably should have won. They have Notre Dame this week. They still have to play North Carolina. They're going to South Carolina at the end of the season. I mean, this could really get bad for Dabo Swinney. Five and seven. Yeah, five and seven, which is remarkable to me. Uh, yeah. But that's uh, that's the world. That's the new world of college football. How back is Florida State, Wes? You've seen them. Uh, they're back. They're back. They're that was back not convincing. To... You didn't convince me just now. Well, they're they're back enough that they're going to be in the discussion all the way to the end. Um, look, they were surgical on Saturday in Winston-Salem. They knew they were better and played like they were better. Now, are they Shade Tree Jones and Raynard Wilson and Andre Wadsworth and, you know, Samari Roll and all those cats? Adam right. Good? On defense, maybe not that good, but they're pretty. I mean, they're they're better than Danny Cannell, Florida State. 
I mean, you know, Warren Dunn and I were flying uh, together over the weekend back from Nashville after the mm. football game. What and, a player. Yeah, and Warren Dunn says, look, are you kidding me? They got as many running backs in the stable as we had. They've got – they're as good probably in the offensive line as a majority of those teams. Mm-hmm. And their quarterback play has been really, really good. And I think they have got the firepower and the defensive mentality – to go win the thing. And here's the deal. I think the Big 12, I guess, is still technically alive. I think Washington is the Pac-12's only hope at this point. And I think Michigan and Ohio State are going to knock one another out somehow. And Florida State, if they tend to their knitting, is going to get into the playoff. Because I do believe Georgia and Alabama are going to end up on the SEC side with maybe Ole Miss having a chance or Tennessee having a chance. But at the end of the day, I think Florida State's a top-four team, and I think Florida State is going to represent the league pretty well in the championship. Now, I will say that I've teed all this up to say (laughs) that anybody can beat anybody in the landscape of today's college football. Right. Anybody. I mean, Cal damn near beat Southern California last week. Mm -hmm. No, Southern Cal still hasn't figured out the defensive part of this. Well, okay, now. I mean, I don't disagree with that either, but I think that, you know, we are in a time of cataclysmic upsets in college football, and we have to understand that, that the the landscape right now is pretty volatile every Saturday when they play. This actually would be a pretty good year for the 12-team playoff. I think this could be a – It'd be an, it'd be an excellent year. <laughs> it, it would be – It would. well, the fist fight would be at the back end of the 12, which of is course. what we're going to have anyway. Yeah. But in all, in all reality, I think you're right. I think that um, – in some ways, the lines here are going to get cut between one and twos, and I think you'll see that tonight. Um, the one thing, by the way, it's not going to surprise me tonight is that Georgia's not number one right. and Florida State's out of the top four. That Jer- will not surprise me either way. Jerry Palm said Georgia will be number five. Five? Yep. Wow. Okay. Where does he think Florida State will be? Uh, I think he had Florida State at four, three or four. Okay, and who's one? Ohio State with the two Ohio wins. State one, Michigan two, Florida State three, and I think he had Washington four. Uh, oh. I see. I think Oregon is still uh, very much in play, and because it's the SEC, I think whoever, um, like if Alabama, like Georgia with one loss might still get a bid because p- the schedule you play only matters if you're not a Georgia or an Alabama. That's the only right. time it matters. Or so, Michigan, for that matter. It doesn't matter right. that you haven't played anybody if you're one of those teams. Okay, let me ask you two questions then, just sure. as a general daily follower of this. If Georgia loses to one loss Alabama and Atlanta in the SEC title, do two SEC teams go? They lose to one loss Alabama, so they both end up 12-1. and one. Uh that, there's a good chance of that. Yes, it all depends okay. on how it shakes out. I don't think a, a 13 and 0 Florida State team would lose out, and I don't okay. think a, an undefeated, um, you know, Michigan or Ohio State, would Washigan, lose out. I, Yeah, I don't think I don't think what they would happen would lose to out. what would happen to undefeated Washington then? Um, then 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 both packed then both SEC teams wouldn't go. Then the, just the champion might go. Uh, in that case, but I don't. I just don't think Georgia with one loss. Could, could sp- we get that moment by chance? Could oh, we get gosh. a moment where the Pac-12 champion goes ahead of the number two SEC team? Mwah! 
The Sankey Entertainment Channel would be fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul uh, Paul Feinbaum's head would explode. Oh, my God. It Greenberg. Would... How would Greenberg conduct a show? <laughs> he might actually have to get somebody from the ACC network to appear on it. Uh, well, you might. That's, that's right. Are you av- you're not available. You're too, you're, you're too big I'm, for I'm the game caller now. Don't do a show anymore. <laughs> they, could, they could dig Roddy up. Roddy would be excellent on that show. He'd be awesome. What, yeah, what Roddy isn't Roddy would, Jones Roddy would... good at? Oh, Roddy Jones is good at everything. I understand. Uh, Looking forward to being in Raleigh on Saturday, by the way. Uh, good luck. Uh, have fun Thanks. with the Wolfpack and, uh, and the Hurricanes. I, we are excited to be there, and I love Carter Finley at night. Mm-hmm. So I can't uh, – last time I was at Carter Finley at night was, uh, oh, I don't want to bring that up to the Wolfpack fans. They might not be very friendly in the parking lot. Oh, man. All right. Well, that was that Chuck Amato team that was going to the Fiesta Bowl. Let me just put it to you. Uh-huh. It's the last time I was at Carter Finley at night. West Durham, you're the best, man. I appreciate your time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.